welcome to the mom and dot 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 podcast the podcast that helps you make your ellipses count you know all the little dot dot dots that come after i'm a mom and and i'm suzanne kearns a mom and dot 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 writer lgbtq and sex ed advocate and this week i am soaking in every minute of the last week with our daughter living under our roof we drive off in a week and just i just can't even believe it. by the time this episode is on she'll be like settled in i know i know and i think this may be a really smart thing to do uh we're going to be driving with her (laughs) across the entire country for three days which after that we may just have had all enough of each other that we're ready to say goodbye we'll see or it's just so amazing that it makes it even harder so we will see but she'll be back for acl like uh, yeah it's (laughs) oh soon yeah, really she'll soon. be back soon, yeah. so that's good. Um, where's she headed? She is heading to Rochester, Rochester Institute of Technology, so pretty far from Texas. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That's a big milestone moment. Yes, we're excited. Well, it's hard to follow that, but I'm Missy Stevens, <laughs> mom and dot, 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 writer, foster child advocate. And this week, I'm just in post-vacation recovery and am a hot mess. <laughs> but we're getting it all together. Our guest this week is Dr. Lauren Cook. Lauren is a licensed clinical psychologist, company consultant, author, and speaker. With a doctorate in clinical psychology and her master's in marriage and family therapy, Dr. Lauren appears frequently in the media to provide commentary while also working with companies as well as individual adults, couples, families, and teens to help reduce anxiety and improve personal and professional outcomes. Dr. Lauren owns a private practice, Heartship Psychological Services, serving all clients residing in California. You can connect with Dr. Lauren through TikTok, Instagram, where we met her, her Brain Health Book Club, and through her podcast, The Boardroom Brain. And of course, stay tuned for her latest book, Generation Anxiety. It's back there behind Suzanne, set to hit the (laughs) shelves in September 2023, which I think this will be airing in September 2023. Yes. So welcome. Sneak peek. Yay. (laughs) I feel like this is going to be a fun conversation. I like the two of you. This is fun. (laughs) Thank you. We like you too. (laughs) We're so looking forward to it. And we're going to jump right in. We got a picture of what you're doing in your bio, but we'd love if we could get like a Dr. Lauren 101 to give a snapshot of your career and life. And especially if you had any pivots, like maybe motherhood. Yeah. As in like 10 weeks ago. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I know I have a little two month old in the other room and I'm like low key sweating, hoping we (laughs) recording (laughs) without big tears, but Yeah, so I'm a very new mom and uh, author, psychologist, speaker, and navigating all of those changes happening right now. But but honestly, it's been really good. And and I was just posting about that the other day of like, I feel like everybody tells you all the like really hard parts about being a parent. And it wasn't until I got pregnant that people started saying like how amazing it was. And it and you know now that I'm in, I'm like. Yeah, this is pretty cool. Like, this is pretty amazing. I'm glad I did this. And <laughs> no regrets. Um, I have a friend who's due soon. So I'm going to play that clip for her over and over. <laughs> I'm glad I did this. I'm glad I did this. Yeah, it'll be worth yeah. it. Yeah. So, and I write about that in Generation Anxiety. Like, 
there's no perfect time to do a lot of things, especially becoming a parent. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I'm glad I took the plunge, even if I had a book coming out four months later. Like that's, you know, that's just the way. That's some timing. (laughs) Isn't it? You had all your babies at once. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I had twins this year, like human yeah. baby, book baby, you know, so. Oh, oh absolutely. Gosh. And now, was that a straight line for you then? It sounds like uh, your career has been your path, you know, since college. Is that true or have there been any pivots in your career as well? Well, I'd say the pivot was more in college. You know, I went in as a biz econ major at UCLA and quickly saw the calculus courses and said, okay, that's maybe not for me. (laughs) And then I got into journalism, actually. Like I spent some time at NBC News and E! News and thought maybe I wanted to be a journalist. But, you know, there was a part of me that was really wanting to have that like one-on-one experience with people and also not travel quite so much at that time. I mean, new journalists, you got to be ready to move wherever they're going to send you. Mm, And so, you know, I thought, okay, I feel like psychology really marries all those components that I want to have that there's still that storytelling and that narrative piece in psychology for sure. But, you know, really helping people build on their future and how they want to grow in their lives. And so that's what really pulled me into psychology and I love it. It's been a really, really great path. I, I haven't met many psychologists that say they regret uh, this career, and I'm included in that. And now, okay, awesome. so we want to jump to your new book, which yes. uh, baby number two, <laughs> Generation <laughs> Anxiety, uh, which, I mean, I think every generation has their own anxiety, and we're going to get to that in a little bit. Uh, but before we do, I think you addressed very early on in the book something that probably a lot of our listeners may be feeling is it feels like sometimes that everybody has anxiety now. Um, it's just... It used to be so taboo and no one would ever talk about it. But now it's like hashtag anxiety for pretty much everything that's going on in anybody's life. So how do people differentiate if they are just feeling anxious about a particular thing or if they truly have an anxiety disorder or they are just a human that is living in 2023? <laughs> like how how can you tell the difference between these things? Yeah, no, I'm so glad you bring that up because... I was just having a conversation about this the other day with someone that the term almost is getting overused, you know, Mm -hmm. everything is anxiety. Is it really though, you know, and we talk about what we call the four D's. And I think this is a really helpful way to differentiate. Are you feeling stressed, worried, which is pretty normal from time to time? Or is it something like a generalized anxiety disorder, social anxiety, OCD, something like that? So four D's, Mm -hmm. here we go. One, if you yourself are feeling distressed by your experience, if you're worrying about how much you're worrying, right? We call that meta-worrying. There's one for you. If you're noticing a deviance, and what I mean by that is if we're looking at a bell-shaped curve, a deviance from the norm. So a Mm. norm in your own life, for example, where you're like, ooh, this isn't how I normally operate day to day. I'm noticing like a real increased reaction here. Or deviance in terms of when you're looking at your peers and people around you. Ooh, I'm not noticing that everybody else is having a panic attack when we're out to dinner, for example. Mm-hmm. Third is dysfunction. And I think this one's really, really key to note here. Are you not able to keep up with the obligations in your life? Are you not able to achieve and work towards the goals that you want to do if there's dysfunction happening? And the last, we've got to normalize this, is if there's any sense of danger. If you yourself mm-hmm. are feeling unsafe, if you're waking up saying, I don't want to be here, I don't want to wake up tomorrow or if you're having thoughts of hurting someone else, 
if those four Ds components of them are present, that's when we may be meeting more criteria. But I think that's something that is really important for us to talk about because, yeah, everybody says, oh, I'm anxious. But do we really understand what that means when we say that? It is but, such a buzzword now that I, yeah. I don't know anyone who hasn't said they are anxious, and especially in the last, I don't know, five years or so, um, mm-hmm. and particularly in the last three. And, you know, I think I think it's so great to give that framework mm-hmm. to walk through, like, what is this really doing to your life? Yeah. And it's it's hard, right? Because, I mean, I'm on TikTok myself. I love a good psychology TikTok. <laughs> it's hard because we see these 30-second sound bites, right, of like, here's the right. symptoms of anxiety. And it's like confirmation bias. Well, I felt bad. I don't always sleep through the night, so I must have anxiety, you know? Mm. And on the one hand, it's so great we're normalizing it, but we also don't want to minimize it either because for folks living with anxiety, it can be really debilitating. And that's something I write in the book that, you know, it's not just some casual thing. It can really cause a lot of distress for someone who's experiencing it. And so- it's great we're normalizing it, but we also don't want to minimize it at the same time. No. And you talk a lot about the key to starting to get a grip on all of this is really understanding it and understanding the biology behind it, which I found really, really fascinating. And I'm wondering if you can take a few minutes to talk to our listeners about that, because it, it was eye opening to look at it from a truly like this is a biological thing, not all just our yeah. world around us. No, 100%. And there's two kind of key components of this. So one is that amygdala, the part of the brain, right? It's almond shaped, very small. It's housed so, so deep in our brain at the real kind of instinctual level. You know, folks who experience anxiety tend to have an overactive amygdala. So mm-hmm. there are a lot of different things in the environment that may cause some stress for some, but if you're experiencing anxiety, it's going to be level 10 for you. It's going to be much more intense. On the flip side, you have people who have underactive amygdalas, right? They might be the person like Alex Honnold who free climbs, you know, Yosemite, right? I love that example. That is, that spoke to me in a deep way. <laughs> I have a couple of people movie. in my life who I think maybe don't have an amygdala. Like yes. they just aren't worried about anything. It's all mine. I'm like, ow. <laughs> Total chillers, right? I know. Yeah. yeah. And that really can be on a neurological level. You know, the other side of this, and this is something I get so excited about, because we often talk about anxiety from such a heady space. Anxiety is so physical, like it is so housed in Mm -hmm. our entire body. And we're really starting to have cool conversations about this gut-brain access connection. 95% of our serotonin is housed in our gut. So it's not surprising when you hear 60% of folks with IBS also have an anxiety disorder. It's very Mm -hmm. closely connected. So it's interesting as we're starting to talk about even the foods we eat, the things we drink, how that affects our body chemistry and in turn our experience of anxiety. I know for myself, like healing my gut, that actually healed my panic attacks more than cognitive work ever did. And obviously I love some good cognitive work. I'm a therapist, but we got to look at the whole body when we're looking at healing anxiety. Ooh, okay. Let's... Let's tangent there <laughs> because I, I find that fascinating. And I yes. I think just like anxiety has been kind of a buzzword, I think gut has also become a buzzword and also a whole industry for people selling all kinds of products that are mm-hmm. supposedly going to fix your gut and make it perfect and whatever. So 
What are some actual everyday little changes that we can work into our life or at least be more conscious about when we are making decisions about what to put in our body and that could impact our gut and therefore our anxiety? Yeah. Well, I always say start with getting your blood work done. There are so many folks that have not gotten their blood work done, spend mm-hmm. thousands of dollars on therapy, and lo and behold, someone had, you know, a B12 insufficiency, for example, which mm-hmm. we see a lot of times with people who are vegan, for example. Um, right. And they'll come in and they'll say, I have all these ADHD symptoms, brain fog, all these things. Let's look at B12. So start with your ba- your baseline blood work. That's really important, especially looking at vitamin D. There's a huge percentage of people in this country that are vitamin D deficient. Uh-huh, yep. Mm-hmm. And that really can contribute to symptoms of anxiety and depression. So we have to look at all these things. Other things that really make a big difference, and all oh, this one is so hard for me because I am such a sugar addict. Like, that's the thing I really have to work on. Yes. Sugar is so inflammatory in the gut. You know, we right. have to look at how that ex- impacts anxiety and in turn alcohol as well. You know, it's interesting. There's really a movement lately, you know, sober curious and things like that. People really cutting back on their drinking and in turn seeing that their anxiety often really does reduce in that process. So those are some things. Cut back on the sugar, cut back on the alcohol, stay hydrated, right? Hydration is huge for the brain. We could go on and on about these things and I have a whole list in the book, but um, yeah, that'd be a good starting place, I'd say. We've talked about this some before in the podcast, but we've both cut way back on alcohol. And during the pandemic, we we ramped it up. We didn't even realize we were doing it. You know, that like, oh, well, we're school's closed for two weeks. It's kind of vacation. Let's have a cocktail turned into the world is ending. Let's have a cocktail turned (laughs) into this is never going away. Like it got out of control. And of course, it was also a highly stressful time in in the world. And so anxiety was way up. And I think Mm -hmm. we've both noticed a huge difference in taking that down. We're still dealing. I mean, COVID's still a thing. There are all kinds of other issues in the world, but like I'm sleeping through the night and it's a huge, huge difference. And it's just a cruel part of nature that the things that we think we're doing to comfort and calm ourselves, like having right. a glass of wine, a cookie and a glass of wine, to, <laughs> treating ourselves to some ice cream. I mean, it's just like so mean. Like, why would nature make us want those things when oh, it's so right. bad for us? It's not Urgent. nice. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Yeah. Those those things that like ice cream, yeah, they do like they trick our brain, right? Because evolutionarily, yes. we didn't have ice cream. But yeah, it's it's uh, it knows exactly how to get into our brain in that way. Yeah, my body is convinced that peanut butter puffins were a building block <laughs> of my ancestral line. I don't know. Me and Coco Krispies, right there with. Oh, oh, so good, so good. Okay, but no, I I do want to echo again that point about getting your blood work done. I had an issue when I was in college. I was down for the count for about two years which we couldn't figure out what it was. I think it was when my Hashimoto's kicked in. And so I had an undiagnosed thyroid issue, uh, which once got that under control, everything seemed to be a lot better. I was like, well, that was a waste of two years in bed. So that was unfortunate. And no one ever thought to check my blood. I mean, that's crazy. I know. I mean, how I was going to these doctors forever. So 
Oh. Demand the blood work. Same thing. Uh, this was not related to anxiety, but when my appendix exploded, um, I went for almost five days, four or five days. I do not know how I lived. And at the point when I was going into the doctor, they were like, oh, no, you're fine. Just go on a brat diet. It's just stomach upset. And no one ordered a blood test, despite the fact that I had been having all these symptoms for weeks. So just always demand the blood work. And I do know that that is, that is a privileged standpoint to take because not everybody has sure. the insurance coverage to be able to do that. And I also noticed, even for those of us who are privileged to have the insurance to cover it, that vitamin D test was a huge extra charge. I don't know if labs are trying to tamper down demand because people are getting it checked so frequently, but I had to have uh, the doctor before they even drew my blood last time were like, by the way, the, the vitamin D portion of this, do you still want to do it? Because it's going to be XYZ extra cost on it. So just be aware of that. Um, make sure that you are aware of what your insurance covers and doesn't cover. I mean, I felt it was valuable enough to know because it has had such an impact on my life, but mm -hmm. um, just be aware of that. So we talked about the nutritional advice. Okay. Sugar and alcohol. <laughs> I can do that. We can do that, people. We can I do mean, it. It's not asking too much. No. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and one quick thing on that too, because I'm I'm right there with you in terms of accessibility. One company that I really like the work that they do on this is called Base, and it allows you to take action to get the blood work that you want for yourself. So you do still have to pay for it, but then you don't necessarily have to go through a doctor to get that information. So um, that can be a resource too for folks, because I agree, it, the accessibility is really frustrating and that's mm -hmm. something that we need to absolutely make a change with. Oh, that's we really get interesting. that information and put that in our show notes so that because sometimes you do think like what are my options? I don't know what to do or your doctor won't order something. Mm -hmm. It can be very frustrating to be yeah. asking and asking and not get it. Yeah. Well, we want to pivot a little bit because I really we could do three podcasts, I think, on just the gut brain connection. I think it is fascinating, but we have more things we want to talk to you about today and one of the things we've really found interesting in the book is we are Gen Xers and we are raising Gen Zs, but a lot of our listeners are also millennials raising Gen Alphas. And, um, you know, yes, like you, and we all have these defining moments in our generation that are impacting our anxiety. What should we be thinking about for our Zs and Alphas that we are trying to raise with a healthy brain and body? Yeah. So I write a lot about this in the book, this idea of empowered acceptance, because let's be real. There are a lot of things happening right now that are really scary for our young adults and our kids. You know, yeah. I remember distinctly as a millennial, you know, when Columbine happened and that kind of set off a whole trajectory, you know, where now these things happen on a daily basis. What's really interesting, too, when you look at these studies of what people say are defining moments in their generation, almost every generation, obviously Gen Z doesn't have a conscious memory of this, but September 11th was a huge turning point in people's lives of really feeling like the world is unsafe, the world is changing. I mean, that really set a precedent, especially for millennials, you know, being in elementary, middle school, high school, watching this play out on television was mm -hmm. very much a turning point in reality. So, you know, as we look at these things, we have to accept what is. We have to talk about these situations that are happening. We can't just put our head in the sand and say, 
la la la, I'm gonna, this isn't going on. You know, even with climate change, right? We can't just ignore that it is in fact getting hotter, right? We are having- It is. <laughs> Especially in Texas. Yeah, we were talking about how hot it is. And we can't just ignore these things. But on the flip side of that, we also have to be empowered in our approach. We have to take action because what we naturally see happen when people experiencing all these sad, scary events, you feel helpless and you feel hopeless. And that leads to anxiety. And over time, that leads to depression. We don't want people to be apathetic and say, okay, this is just what it is. No, we have to say, okay, I see this for what it is and I'm going to do something about it. That. Something I get especially excited about with Gen Z. I mean, we'll see what happens with Gen Alpha, but Gen Z, they are like, uh-uh. Like, I am not going to stand by and just watch the ship go down. Like, right. you know, going to rebuild the Titanic as it's sinking kind of yeah. deal. So I have a lot of hope, you know, with Gen Z, especially and millennials, we got to get in on it too. <laughs> and Gen X, let's support our, our kids in, in all of this, you know, to make sure we're all speaking up about these things, these injustices that we see happening so that it doesn't feel just so stuck to one generation to solve all right. these problems. I know. Right. I do always say I'm hopeful. Yeah. I know my <laughs> but they're like, it's not just me. Fix <laughs> us. Fix us, kids. They're like, you're the ones that messed it up. Oh, yeah. I like that idea about taking action, though, and how that can help give a little bit more feeling of control or some autonomy mm -hmm. over things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have to jump in and and we have to do it individually in our own lives. Like we can't avoid, you know, I, I talk all the time about not letting anxiety call the shots on your life. You are going to feel anxious sometimes and that's okay. But we also have to do this collectively as a society too, because people feel so isolated and lonely right now. And we really need community to say like, hey, I'm not going to stand by and let these things happen. Let's be a part of changing things for the better together. Love That's it. A great point. Come on, come on, youngsters. <laughs> yeah, help <laughs> us. No pressure. Save us all. Uh, but okay, so there's all these external factors that are happening in the environment that we can take actions toward to help improve them. You know, they still can contribute to anxiety, but we, I think. I don't know, Missy and I talk about this a lot. I think the biggest number is what we do on ourselves <laughs> through our own negative thoughts mm -hmm. um, that don't have anything to do with what's going on in the outside world usually. So mm -hmm. how can we address these negative thoughts that we may be having by also avoiding what I just love that you referred to as the BS of positive thinking? <laughs> so maybe talk about what you mean about the BS of positive thinking and then also talk about how we can use what, what replaces that positive thinking to um, help address those negative thoughts. Yeah, yeah. I, I hate to say it, but we can't just positive think our way out of situations, yes. you know, try as we might. So the, the brain is hard, right? I, I say in the book, it's a wild and free agent. And it is like our brain gives us all kinds of wild, weird thoughts all the time. And a lot of people get really anxious about what does it mean that I'm thinking this? What does this say about me? Mm -hmm, Your brain mm -hmm. is just going to do weird, funky things. And that's the brain. It, that's what it does. And most of the time, in fact, they're negative in nature. They're ruminative. And so the more we know that about the brain, the more we can stop thinking, I'm the, the weird oddball. We're mm. all weird and odd. You know, that's why <laughs> I say, like, I wish people could come to a therapy session and hear what people say behind closed doors, because 
we'd all realize, oh my gosh, we all are thinking about that time in second grade when we, you know, farted in class. (laughs) (laughs) That time last week when we said that thing and we're still thinking, what did that person think about my comment? All these things, right? Yeah. So we have to really be mindful of that. And this is where I'm I'm a big behaviorist, actually. You know, you have to take action in your life to show yourself that you can live with anxiety, that you are capable. So many people have really bad imposter syndrome because they let their brain just absolutely call the shots on their life. And the brain's going to tell you all the time, you're not ready, you're not smart enough, you're not good enough, blah, blah, blah. And you have to say to yourself, okay, I feel anxious. I feel scared. That's okay. I don't need to let that stop me from asking that person out on a date or talking to my boss about asking for a pay raise. And what's really cool about all of this is that the more you do it, the lower those waves of anxiety are going to Mm -hmm. be. It's going to get easier over time. And you ride out those waves and see, oh, I did get through that. The world didn't end. I survived. And then the brain starts to buy in and say, oh, okay, maybe you can do this. So that's why I'm a behaviorist more than a positive thinker. You have to show yourself the evidence and then the brain will buy in. I love that so much. (laughs) And I love what you've said about like if other people could hear what was going on in therapy sessions. Mm -hmm. Like I think because we are more and more isolated and the last few years have been incredibly isolating, you start to get in your head and you're like, I am the only one. I had a conversation the other day where a friend just was telling me about something happening in her marriage, not devastating world ending stuff, just marriage stuff happening. But I hadn't had a conversation like that in a while. And it made me realize that like I had forgotten that that's just normal stuff in a marriage. So the last time that I had had a moment like that with my partner, I was thinking, well, that's it. We're probably, you know, we've been married all these years, but we're probably not going to make it one day more because he's driving me crazy. (laughs) And you have to have those conversations. If you can't get to a therapist individually, what do you recommend for people who are feeling isolated and maybe don't have the access to a therapist or the means for a therapist like are there things to do oh yeah yeah we need to be having real talk with our friends I had a similar situation with one of my besties Hannah where we we really got real with each other and we need that you know so much of the time we're so just starved on small talk with each other it amazes me you know sometimes I'll go out to a, a, a meal with like on a couple state. And we'll just talk the whole time about what what are we watching? What are the cool restaurants in town? <laughs> okay, that's fine. But like, we're not really going deep and getting to know each other. My husband's like, well, Lauren, that's because you're a therapist. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> we really have to get vulnerable with each other and like yeah. see each other on a deeper level. So I think we're kind of starved socially in that way. And, you know, I do think not to be too cliche here, but I do think social media plays a part in that where people really just post the highlights of everything that's going well in life Mm -hmm. um, or they're posting the real like deep low lights too and not always the ordinary mundane, you know, of like sometimes life is boring and that's okay. I think sometimes we feel like we need these extremes and Mm -hmm. the reality is, you know, a lot of the time it's a it's a normal boring Tuesday and that's okay that doesn't mean your life is not amazing and wonderful at the same time uh well speaking of normal boring Tuesdays one of the things that you bring up in the book is this idea of all the what-ifs 
and how they can keep us from trying new things. And then eventually that can turn into then regret for the things that we did not try and we wish we had tried. And I haven't mentioned this for a while, but for a long time I was talking about there are so many things that I did not do just because I didn't know where I was going to park when I got there. <laughs> like that, that was one of my big hangups of what ifs of like, what if I get there and there's no parking or what if I get oh, there and yeah. da, 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 and the most yeah. ridiculous thing. But I feel like admitting that, like, hopefully will let other listeners know that, yeah, that's just normal. Some people get hung up on really ridiculous things that make no sense and that, you know, it's a really you can, real, real worry. Real I know, worry. but you real can problem worry. solve your way out of that in about five minutes. But for some reason, <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, I managed to use it to stop from doing uh, or ex- even thinking about doing some, you know, mm-hmm. some some things that could have been really fun. So how do then you, yeah, well, you do it a lot in the book for people who have not read the book, talk about reframing these what ifs so that you can try some things that you might re- really love doing and also just get rid of the potential future regret of not having tried them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think one thing is really important to know that people are capable. You know, obviously we all have different things that can get in the way, different things that can make it difficult, right? We have to acknowledge different varying ability levels, of course. We also have to remind ourselves though, like I have capabilities. I can do different things that maybe my anxiety is telling me that I can't do. And this part I think is really important. I can handle discomfort. You know, we Mm. really have gotten to a place, I think, a lot of times of like, I only want to feel comfort. And a lot of that growth happens in the discomfort and we can live through the discomfort. You know, I I see this a lot of times in therapy, too. People will experience those things that they're afraid of. They'll they'll face it either on purpose, like how I have faced my fear of throwing up in therapy actively or the things that maybe they didn't plan, but here it is. Your partner broke up with you, and now we're we're sitting in the muck of that. Right. People are often really surprised of like, oh wow, like yeah, this sucks, but like I'm living through it. I'm getting through it. And our brain, that anticipatory anxiety, can be so hard for people sometimes, and feel like I could never get through if this and that were to happen. Well, it happens, and then they're kind of surprised of like, oh. I'm actually functioning. I'm getting through it, even though it is hard. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's important for us to remember, too, that we can sit with discomfort. And it's often in the discomfort that sometimes really cool, good things come out of that, too. I want to get that on a T-shirt. We'll put that on a pillow for you, Missy. I can handle discomfort. I always want to needlepoint certain things on pillows. I will have guests that say things. And I'm like, that's my pillow this week. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Uh, And like the growth happens in the uncomfortable stuff. It's really important to remember. I do want it tattooed on my forehead because we don't want to be uncomfortable. I think about it with my kids. They don't struggle with anxiety on any level that, you know, that you would think of, oh my gosh, that's a really anxious kid. But yeah, they just don't want to do certain things because it feels scary. Mm -hmm. Uncomfy. Yeah, yeah. I think mine feel the same way. And it's because it's been modeled for them by their mother for the past <laughs> however many years. Those poor kids. Maybe. Oh. I mean, Mark and I are very guilty of being like, well, we don't know what that's going to be like when we get there. So maybe we don't want to spend our day doing that because it, it might, might be suck. hard when we yeah. get there. Yeah, it might suck. But it might be the best thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. Or it, it might be boring, too, but like still an interesting story, you know, like yeah of those extremes too like 
it's okay if it just is what it is, you know, but I, I think on the whole, it's pretty cool to try if we can. And mm-hmm. yeah, I felt that just this past weekend, we took a trip to Lake Arrowhead. It's like an hour and a half and yeah. we had, you know, our son in the back seat, and he's crying and <laughs> My husband's like, we shouldn't have done this. We shouldn't have done this. So, <laughs> he's like, we should go back home. I'm like, but like we're teaching our son, hopefully a message of like a little discomfort. If he cries sometimes, that's okay. Like someone gave me the, I saw a, like a pamphlet the other day that said, your child should not cry longer than one minute. And I'm like, oh, oh man. Okay. Sometimes it takes longer than one minute to get from point A to point B. <laughs> When they are crying. I'm like, am I not supposed to drive a vehicle for the next like year? So like we have, I mean, even at a young age, like it's okay. Like if we feel discomfort, it's okay. If our kids feel discomfort, that doesn't mean we're bad parents, you know, because our kids get a skin knee, you know, that's a great book, by the way. So we have to, we have to embrace the discomfort for sure. Okay. Speaking of discomfort. One of the things that causes us a lot of discomfort is saying no to people and <laughs> setting boundaries. And mm-hmm. I don't want to break any rules by like reading too many things out of the book. Let's see. Go for it. Oh, do I have my readers here, Missy? Let's see. Because <laughs> you talk a lot about how to tell if you are a people pleaser. <laughs> You've turned, no, I, you know, a bookmark wouldn't pleaser. have been too bad of an idea here. Okay. So. Oh, you can look at the cover of the book while I read this for all of you on YouTube. Okay, so I feel like I need to say yes to every opportunity that comes my way. We do that. Mm-hmm. And what's mm-hmm. what's our little quote that it, uh, say no so someone else can say yes or yes. something like that? I always love that one. Often saying yes quickly and then regretting it immediately after. Yes. <laughs> Having trouble confronting others when I'm upset or pretending to agree when internally I really disagree with what's being said. Oh my gosh, I'd rather feel overwhelmed than disappoint someone. I mean, check, check, That is check, used to check, be me, that check, is my check, husband check. to a T. Really? He would, oh my gosh, he does not want to disappoint. Well, he'll disappoint me, but he doesn't want to disappoint. <laughs> like anyone, if he tells somebody he's going to do something, he would rather drown than disappoint them. Oh. <sighs> Yes, I get that. And then another one that I don't know, I think this, I've been trying to model this for my my (laughs) kids recently, and it's really hard. But um, I'm friends with people who I don't really enjoy being around because it's easier to go along with than end a friendship. Uh, So Mm. yeah, that can be a big, a big version of people pleasing. And it is something that I had been modeling badly for my kids. Um, and it's it's hard to tell them because you feel like you're being judgy. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's just a case of like, uh, the chemistry isn't there or, you know, it's just, we don't have the same values. And that doesn't mean that their values are bad, but it just doesn't align with mine. And uh, that causes, you know, this emotional conflict that, uh, you know, it's just, uh, I can have other friends that don't cause that and spend time with them instead. For those of us who are going, check, 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 check. (laughs) Is there hope for us? And uh, what are some good ways to start boundary setting, especially as school is starting back up and we're going to be getting asked to be on this committee or to sign up for this room, mom, or to do, 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 do. So like, how stop us stop us my my husband used to take all the pens out of my purse before i went to the class meetings what's another way that you can stop that is amazing oh my pretty gosh. great <laughs> i feel it too i mean this 
this for me is one of the hardest pieces, this people pleasing. I think especially, you know, for those who identify as women, it is like ingrained at a young age of like be accommodating. You know, it even gets associated as like, are you a good person or are you a bad person? You know, these like very extremes that really like on an unconscious level, I think, sink in for people. So one, coming back to that discomfort piece, get comfortable saying no, sit with Mm -hmm. that discomfort. Like it's okay to say no and respect yourself. You have to ask yourself too, how will I feel about this in 24 hours if I say yes or no to this? Will I feel relief? saying no or will I feel excited to say yes you know pay attention Mm -hmm. to what that data is for you and give yourself just that pause you know I think especially with people pleasing we get what's called those you know permeable boundaries where we take on anything and everything and then we really feel burned out and resentful Mm -hmm. of that process so as we're doing that again sit with the discomfort give yourself that 24-hour window don't immediately say yes Let me think about it. Let me get back to you on that. And to your point, too, of what you were bringing up about, you know, friendships that maybe aren't a good fit. Friendship breakups, honestly, I see giving people more anxiety sometimes than like a dating breakup sometimes. It is really hard to break up and end relationships with a friend. So one thing I think is really important here is clearly communicate if something is not working for you. People actually much more appreciate an honest answer, even if it's hurtful, than Mm -hmm. if you just ghost on them. Because a lot of times with people pleasing, I'm uncomfortable, so I'm just going to run away from this. And then the other person is left ruminating, well, did I do something wrong? What what happened? It's better to clearly communicate, you know, than to, you know, ghost on someone. And then that leads to their own anxiety as well. Oops. Okay. I did that wrong. (laughs) I think I have created a wake of anxiety behind me at times in my life. <laughs> oh my god! Floating in the waters. But yeah. Just like I can't handle that anymore. I'm gone. But then I leave behind me this mess. And yeah, it's really hard for a people pleaser to be upfront and communicate and say this is not this is not serving either one of us anymore. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, and that's okay. Oh. Yes. It's okay. And I love the idea, sitting in the discomfort of no's and having enthusiastic yeses. It's so funny because that's one of the main rules, of, well, not a rule, but for like comprehensive sex ed is to like have an, an enthusiastic yes. If it's not yeah. an enthusiastic yes, it's a no. And yeah. so I, I think that that rule should apply through everything. And I think that's a, another important lesson for kids to get. It's not just about sex ed. It's about ed for all things in life that if it's not an enthusiastic yes, then it's a no. That's And the taking the time to answer. I just think that needs to become standard. Whatever Mm -hmm. it is, no one should ever demand an answer of you right away. If you say I need 24 hours or a week or whatever it is to look at this, then that's the gift you ought to be given. Yep. Yep. 100%. Okay. Okay. I hate that <laughs> we have to move We're going to have a really big pillow. I have so many things I need to put <laughs> on this pillow, Missy. <laughs> I really hope that everyone will get the book. And to that end, where is the best place to find the book? We'll put all of your socials in the show notes. But is there a central location for finding the book? Where can they order it? Yeah. So you can buy the book wherever you like to buy books, whether it's an indie bookstore, Amazon, Target, whatever you like. If you go to drlaurencook.com, you'll see the Generation Anxiety page there. And there's all different things that you can do, free downloads and things like that to build off the book. 
But yeah, I'm so excited for people to get their hands on it. September 19th is the day. And if you prefer audio, I did the audio recording of the book myself. I fought hard for that because there's a lot of my own story of anxiety in there. So I think I was like 38 weeks pregnant when we recorded and I was like, oh, please don't go into labor. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the second half of the book is like just some dude. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Lauren well, is yeah. in the hospital. <laughs> right. Oh, my no, gosh. <laughs> Good for you, though. Oh, my gosh. Talk about that... being a mom and dot, dot, dot. You're right. <laughs> doing it all. Right. And um, also... I just find I keep getting examples of this in my life lately. So I feel like it's one of those things the universe is bringing me. But for so long, I feel like women have been relegated to, well, oh, you're pregnant, then, oh, you can't. Or you're a mom and you can't. And I mean, that's why we started this podcast. You are a mom and dot, dot, dot. You can be 38 weeks pregnant and record your book and you can have your baby and then launch your book. You can do all of that. Yes. Missy, thank you. <laughs> really nice to hear. Yeah, yeah, we can do it. And it's going to be like messy and not perfect, but damn it, we're going to do it. Yep. We can do it. And we can we need sit in to the stop listening to that external stuff going, oh, oh, no, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe you, you have kids. Don't do that. Yeah. And the internal stuff that we've created because of the external stuff being pounded oh. into generations of right. brains. So, yes. Right. Mm -hmm. And again, our brain going at us with the, you can't. That's scary. Don't mm -hmm. do that. Mm -hmm. nope. yeah, absolutely. You can do it. You can have a career and be a mom. Like I am huge advocate of that because a long time in my life, I didn't believe that was true. And that is absolutely not the case. So absolutely not. You go do it, moms. You can do it. Oh, whoops. I, I was going to point to the book, but I put it down when I was quoting it. All right. <laughs> Generation anxiety, y'all. So yeah, by the time this airs. They'll be pretty darn close to being able to get, yeah. if not already. But pre-orders are fun. Remember, pre-orders are great. You give, yeah, pre-orders are the gift you surprise yourself with later because you forget you ordered it, and then you get it in the mail. It's like you get a little present, so do it now. Right. Oh, and it's so good for the author. <laughs> pre-orders are fantastic. But it is now time to close up with Look, Listen, Learns. And for anyone who is new here, we're so glad you're here, and we hope you come back and listen again. And the Look, Listen, Learns. Our segment we do at the end of every week, something fun. We talk about what we're watching, reading, learning. Might be serious, might be ridiculous. You never know what you're going to get. And we don't like to put our guest in the hot seat. So, Suzanne, you get to go first. What are you LLLing this week? Let's see. I am looking at, I have a ton of new framed artwork. I will give you the photos to put in the show notes, yes, Missy. Please. I um, saw you were going to talk about this, and I need this information because I have a stack of stuff. Oh my gosh, Let's I go. have spent, okay, so my husband bought out, it was it Antone's, it was some, I think it was Antone's, and they had all these cool concert posters, like signage, we literally have a brunt sign of our booth in our kitchen, um, like exit signs, all kinds of stuff, so a bunch of this was posters that he had gotten, and they just weren't looking right in my $5 Ikea frames. <laughs> and, and, you know, especially with this Willie Nelson one that was over the fireplace that we just 
it needed a little something special to highlight it. And I had been looking through secondhand stores and Goodwill and like some would be kind of the right size, but like, what are you going to do with the matting and blah, 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 or mm -hmm. not quite right. So I just was Googling like vintage frames in Austin and I came across Vintage Framing Studio, which is it's one woman. She works out of her garage. And so she basically goes and gets all these old, all the good stuff <laughs> from either, you know, I think she said she clears them out of like, what are those things called the storage units when people are cleaning stuff out, she'll go and get it from there or she'll get them from consignment shops. And so she just has all these frames that you can choose from. And then if anything doesn't quite fit right, she also does the matting and you can choose all the different custom matting to go with it. And of course, if you're like me, you have a lot of frames that have broken glass in them. Um, so she'll cut the glass and she'll reuse glass from other things. So it's a lot of reduce, reuse, recycling going on. I love it. And so we just went there. It was hot, <laughs> but because it's in her garage. I'm writing it down. Not like I won't have access to this information yes. later, but I'm writing it down right now. But so we just went through and she pulls out a bunch of ideas. You kind of say what you're looking for. And of course, she's pretty familiar with what she's got. And she'll pull out some stuff. And she's got like all the little swatches of the different matting that you can choose from. So you can mix and match. And so like two and a half weeks ago or so, we just took everything. And we're like, here it is. And we found a frame for everything. We had probably That's seven awesome. pieces, I think. So we were shocked that we were able to find something for everything. But she's so... I don't want to say loosey goosey. She's just kind of, she's kind of Austin, like in the sense that like we just handed all over all these prized posters to her and she wrote something kind of like on a little steno pad, mm -hmm. like, oh, it's going to be about this much. And she showed it to us. That sound okay. And no okay. receipt, no everything. We drove away. <laughs> Chris is like, we are never seeing those again. So and that fun. was our big joke for a couple of weeks. We're like, yep, those are on eBay right now. Like we're never going to see them again. But nope. She's legit. Oh, good. Because I have a stack. I probably have 10 pieces that need to be done. And I've been dragging my feet on it because it's expensive. Oh, oh and that was the other thing. We did all these pieces. I think it was like $300. Oh, I know. more than that for a piece. Before. I know. I know. Yeah. And so that's the matting. That's the glass. That's the frame. That's the everything. Sold. And all her consultation and help. That, I mean, she's probably spent at least an hour with us going through and trying to decide and make these decisions. So love, love, love her vintage framing studio. She also had a bunch of random like vintage clothes kind of in the yard too. So maybe you get some clothes while you're there okay. too. I don't know. All right. That sounds good. <laughs> I, I celebrate all of it. Um, <laughs> let's see. And I'm listening to the covenant of water. I'm a little confused. I think I may have fell asleep on the plane because we're in a different country now and I'm not quite sure how we got <laughs> you there. You don't know how you got there? <laughs> so I'm, I went and kind of read something online that I think clarified it. I do need to let you know it is 31 hours. And that was like, I did not know that when I downloaded it. I was just like, oh, people say this is good, boop. And then I was like, oh my God, it's 31 hours. And then I was, so I was freaking out. I yelled that at my husband while I had my headphones on. And then I was like, oh my God. And it's narrated by the author, which I love for nonfiction, but for fiction, I sometimes I'm like, no, just go ahead and let the pros do it. Let the so, pro do it. Yeah. yeah nonfiction, I love it when it, I actually greatly prefer that it's read by the author. But for, this too, is the first time I've voice. read fiction read by the author. And, but it's been okay. It's fine. It's fine. But, <laughs> but just be you know, you're, you're in the for 31 hours of it if you're doing the audiobook. 
Um, and then my learn is that Noda Seattle summers are much better than Austin summers. We just got back from our week in Seattle and Washington coast and oh my God, we really need to get a summer house once the kids or even before, I don't know. You know, the problem is the dogs. It's not even the kids. We could totally yeah, go. Yeah, you got to drive the dogs there. Yeah, what are we going to do with these dogs for the summer? So that's the problem. Any other than that, I just, yeah, we need to get out of here for the summer. All our neighbors do. We're just completely surrounded by empty homes for three months because they all go away to hang out with their kids or whatever. Um, we won't share your address because Empty no. homes. No. <laughs> Actually, they do have house sitters, but they're not the people that we can hang out with on the patio. Um, so, yeah, I'm jealous of all you Seattleites. I know come November we'll be happy we live here, but oh, my gosh, not right now. I don't but know. Yes. <laughs> what do you look, listen, learning, Lauren? Oh, my goodness. Well, we are very into the show The Bear right now. <gasps> yes. Yes. Have you both watched it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. No. What episode are you on? We just started season two. Oh, so, okay. okay. Yeah. You're in for a, a treat. It's just so good. I can't wait. I can't wait. Okay. Yeah. We have watched a lot of TV this summer <laughs> being helped with the newborn. So yeah, you have. Spending a lot of time there. And, you know, I'm always looking for a great read, obviously, with Brain Health Book Club. I just read this book called The Power of Fun by Catherine Price. Really enjoyed it of this idea of like, we're not having that much fun lately. Like, how do we get back into having fun? I, it was a bit of a wake up call for me of like, oh, I don't have that much fun. I need to work on this. So, oh, I just wrote that down. That sounds awesome. It was good. The power of fun. So I'm coming back to that. And, you know, coming back from our trip at Lake Arrowhead this weekend, I'm learning like, the value of family traditions, especially every summer growing up, we would spend a week in a beach house rental. And I want my son to have family traditions that he looks forward to, too. Yeah, um, It's such a blessing that both our parents are still alive. And so I want him to like soak up that time with grandparents. And I'm committing to that. That's important to me. Love that. I think that's so great because it really is special time and not everybody has the privilege of having that. So, yeah, soak it up while mm -hmm. you have it. Exactly. Yes. What about you, Missy? Um, let's see. So, I'm reading, I meant to bring it in here, but again, since I ran and plunked down in my chair, I did not grab the book on my way, but I am reading There's No Coming Back from This by Ann Garvin. And Ann was a guest, I don't Three know, it's been a while ago? now. Yeah. It's a while now that we've had our little break in between, but it's really fun. Very fun. It's about a woman who takes a job in California on like in Hollywood making costumes for a movie and she has no costuming experience and she's actually making costumes for animals. Not, it's not even people. Um, so, and there's a little mysterious element to it and there's a little bit of romance and there's high stakes because she has to make this work and it is a lot of fun. I just got back from the beach and I read it on the beach as much as I could. I was with a bunch of girls and women. You know, there's not a lot of time to read. Uh, but there's a lot of talking. But um, <laughs> I highly recommend that book. And then yesterday, speaking of anxiety, I watched After the Bite on HBO Max, or I guess it's just Max now. And it's all about the increase of sharks off of Cape Cod. And then they're talking about, is this environmental? Is this because oh. of humans? Is it because we've overfished? Is it because we're overprotecting the seals? And there's conflicting groups 
everyone has their own opinion. There are people that it's not until the end. I'm not really giving a spoiler, but there are people who are like, there is a lot going on here. The water is hot. We mm. cannot ignore the fact the water is hot and it is changing things. Um, so it was very emotional. I thought, I don't know. I thought I was in for like a Shark Week-esque documentary. I should have known it would be slightly better than your typical Shark Week thing, but <laughs> it was much deeper, much more thoughtful, and at times really hard to watch. So I don't know if I'm recommending it or not, but um, it's really, really made me think, and I can't stop thinking about it. So, Ooh, uh, And if you love Cape Cod like I do, it's also like it's important to understand what's going on there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I read some articles last week about like the hot tub temperatures in Florida waters. And yeah, yeah it's like 101 off the coast of Southern Florida. That's right. In a hot tub, ideal temp is 102. <laughs> so, oh my God. Yeah. Just crazy scary. So, yeah, um, no wonder yeah watch it or not. Off. I'm not sure if I'm recommending it. It was fascinating though. And my learn is I'm teaching myself some Photoshop. I've used it off and on through the years, but I needed to do something to a graphic image. And I was like, I can either find someone and pay them or I can watch tutorials and figure this out. And um, I did it. There was some cussing and a lot of sweating, <laughs> and, but I did it. And <laughs> so, and I enjoyed it. I realized as I was doing it, like, yeah, it was stressful because I wanted to get it done and do it right. But it was also kind of fun. So I'm doing a little bit here and there, like I'm in no rush, but doing some tutorials. So if anybody also wants to learn Photoshop, I can point you to some people I've found on YouTube that are very good at like, do this, now do this. Oh, <laughs> I like need very, like it is step by step. And, and they're not like, go find the whatever tool. They're like, find the tool. It's over here. And it looks like this. And this is, I'm like, okay, thank you. <laughs> Those are my people. Show Those me my people. the button to press. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, I've gotten good at rewinding YouTube. I'm like, tell me again. Tell me that one more time what I'm going to do. Play so. it at 0.5 speed. I love <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, and then I'm like playing it, you know, to the side while I'm trying to do it on my end. Anyway, now, wait, it is, is fun. Is there a free version of Photoshop or do you already have Photoshop? There's a new free. They have a thing that's kind of like Canva now. Oh. Um, but I went favorite. ahead and did the like entry level bought Photoshop that came with several things because I think I am going to start playing some more with that because mm -hmm. I enjoy it. And so it's a skill I can add to my resume. Who knows where it will go? But I didn't really realize how much I enjoyed it. And I thought, well, if I had fun, even in the midst of sweating and crying, <laughs> maybe there's something to that. <laughs> you can sit in the discomfort. See, that's where I the did growth sit in the discomfort. Missy. That's true. That's true. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Well, we have looked, listened, learned some good stuff. I'm going to, the power of fun. And who, what was our guest? Oh, the real simple editor. Oh, Van Ogtrop. Christian Van Ogtrop. Kristen Van Ogtrop. Um, who is not actually the real simple editor anymore. That was a previous, but uh, right. we she had her on. Ago. Yeah, we had her on for her book. Gosh, do I have it here? Yeah. Okay. So Christian Van Ogtrop, the author of... Did I say that out loud? She was a previous guest. A great book. Remember, she mentioned that they were doing like a values assessment as a group. I think it was a bunch of, it was either in some type of coaching thing or part of the It was a company, professional environment. Like a company yeah. retreat type of thing. Yeah. And everybody had like achievement and, you know, all these big words. And she was just like, fun? Like, like is that okay to say? Like, yes, she was the is. only person who had included fun on her list. 
And so I do think that we we forget about it sometimes. So the power you of do, fun. and you're right. We haven't had a lot in the last few years. Yeah, that's that childlike yeah. playfulness. So yes. I think and it's you, Brene, Brene Brown. Yeah, it's Brene Brown says the opposite of work is not rest. The opposite of work is play and fun. Mm. That is how we restore ourselves. And yeah, I mean, obviously we need to rest as well. I'm a huge proponent of rest, but we need yeah. to incorporate just fun. Just have some freaking fun. Yeah. <laughs> and part of that, though, the fun, like we were talking about, is getting rid of the idea of like, well, what if this? What if this? And part of that is addressing our anxiety and helping whatever generation you're in. You are generation anxiety. I know this book is <laughs> about millennials and Gen Zs, but I think we can all relate to the lessons in it. So I uh, mm -hmm. highly recommend uh, being able to get more fun in your life by replacing some of the anxiety and the anxiety causing behaviors that you have. So thank you for oh, thank helping you for us being do that. here, especially oh, being you. here with a baby in the next room. It's impressive. I think we made it. I, I, I didn't. You hear did. So I think he napped through and my cat was quiet. So <laughs> I've got a Siamese too. So that's a, a win as well. So yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I am shocked we did not see any cat butt during this interview because that's usually what happens. <laughs> I, but I know I've got my little like yogi cat up here, but the Siamese mochi <laughs> been off to the side right now. He chilled out too. Oh, awesome. That's well, good. Awesome. High five to all the kitties and babies who are cooperating so that we, moms can get stuff done today. That's there right. There you go. <laughs> Speaking of which, I got to go find some of my kiddos. There, <laughs> when yep. my daughter has had her license forever and has never had a successful filling up her car with gas trip. Oh, I mean, to the point where that. one time it just started like flooding out of the side of the car. It like it didn't turn off automatically or just things are broken. And we keep on saying, OK, I'm going to go with you one more time until you have like this good experience. It's and it has not happened yet. So I got to do one more so she can go to a movie. She's going to college next week. She's got to be able to get her own gas. So. Yes, <laughs> she does. <laughs> so we are going to sit in the discomfort of trying to get gas in that car. So <laughs> wish us luck. Thank you so much for joining us. It was so nice meeting you. And thank you oh, for the book. Great rest of your day. Yes. And thank you for the book. It's fantastic. Yes. Thank you so much. Thanks, Susanna Missy. Good to be with both of you. You too. Have a good week. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us for the mom and dot, dot, dot podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. And if you know someone else who could benefit from the episode, please be sure and share it with them. And while we're begging, please subscribe and rate us wherever it is you listen to podcasts. You can find links to all the things we discussed today in our show notes or over at our website, momandpodcast.com with the A-N-D spelled out. In between shows, find us over at the socials, including our private mom and community Facebook group. The links to that group and all of our socials can be found at momandpodcast.com. Thank you so much for your support. We appreciate you more than you know. Now go out there and make your ellipses count. <laughs>